Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we continue our series called Star Wars All-Stars. And this is, is this the penultimate episode? I believe it is. I believe it is the penultimate. We have... Good use of the word. Yes. Give me a quarter. Yeah. Is it a nickel now? Or is it inflated Uh, to a quarter? I would say... Is it a dime still? A a dime word. We'll settle on that. I've heard nickel and I've heard dime. Is it a quarter yet? All the inflation. I think I think penultimate's now a nerdy word, so it, it's a dime. It's gone down. <laughs> it's devalued. Devalued. Oh, so Star Wars All Stars. What is it? What are we doing here, Mikey? We are picking. We're we're building a crew, like previous series where we built a crew. We've built the ship crew. We've built a sitcom family. We've built a D and D adventure party. But this time we're picking the oft forgot maybe not often as mentioned star wars characters not the a list everybody knows luke skywalker princess leia han solo chewbacca all they're great we all love them yes we all agree but this is our chance to highlight the the side characters the b list characters and bring them into a team and be like i choose you pikachu except it's Star Wars, Pikachu. Yeah, and it's not Pikachu because he's too big. It would be like <laughs> Charizard or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> well, the twist on this one, usually we'll pick an archetype, you know, like when we did the Dungeons & Dragons one, who's your cleric, who's your fighter, who's your mage. Yep. Uh, but for this one, uh, we're actually picking like an all-star from each of the different media genres of Star Wars. So we had literature, we had TV, we did the prequels, the original trilogy, the sequels that we're doing now. We did the Star Wars stories last time. So we're going through it all. Yes. And this is the penultimate one. This will complete our crew, actually. And then the next episode, we're going to pick a ship and the villain that they're going against. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, not Darth Vader. Too easy. Yep. And not the Millennium Falcon. No, it might get mentioned because our third picks are often a disqualified pick. And I think we're going to be hitting those on this one, too. I think so. <laughs> so where do we begin, Mikey? He's got a coin. Flip. Wait, we're flipping it for the... It's a sequel coin. So what's on it? Uh, I don't know. Is it, it? It's a Ray head versus a Kylo Ren head. <laughs> and it comes up Ray head because she's a Skywalker. You can't deny it. So... And I called Ray. What a coincidence. So guess what? I'm going first. But we're starting with our third picks. And you did sort of, you did mention it. This is sort of a, it's a cheat. I have to mention this character. He is A-list when it comes to the sequels. But I was enthralled with this character throughout the sequels. And I'm picking Finn, FN2187, ex-Stormtrooper, played by John Boyega. The great John Boyega. Black stormtrooper, a black stormtrooper. That was what he's when he when he, when he when he read the script for the first time. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, that was a horrible version of his accent. <laughs> he has a unique accent. I'm not going to try it, yeah. so we'll let it let it slide. But I love he is a list, so that's why his third pick it's automatically disqualified because he isn't. He's one of the main stars of the sequel. Like it's you can't deny that. But I love that whole arc. It's a redemption arc. He is a stormtrooper. 
but this is really the first instance in in Star Wars where we sort of get like behind the curtain on stormtroopers, and he becomes a good guy. He's like, wait, I, I, it's like the Matrix. He gets unplugged, and he's like, I'm on the, I, <laughs> I'm one of the bad guys. I don't want to be a bad guy because. Spoiler, I'm Force-sensitive, and I know that uh, because I'm Force-sensitive, I have a sense of what's right and wrong, and there's this guy over here named Poe Dameron, and he seems like a really cool guy to be friends with, and I'm going to go be friends with him and make me fly, make him fly me out of this Empire base, Imperial base. But it's just a fascinating arc for a character. He is Force-sensitive. We were talking earlier that you don't like when Star Wars says, let's just make this character a Jedi. They didn't do that with this. They made him Force-sensitive, which means he gets to hear, like, the screaming during battle of the Force people, which is creepy. But also, he gets to use a lightsaber, even though he's not a Jedi. And he does that, which is one of the... I had to shout out the lightsaber battle because he fights that stormtrooper with, like, the shock hammer. Such a great battle Mm -hmm, scene mm -hmm. in the sequels. But because he's Force-sensitive, he can sense people's true intentions. So he teams up with Poe Dameron. He ends up with Chewbacca and Han and Rey and all those people. And throughout the entire sequel series, he's loyal. He stands up for what's right. He talks back to people that are like, maybe we should do this. He's like, no, this is the right way. We got to go find Rey. We can't dilly-dally. Like, Princess Leia's awesome, and I know she's awesome, and she's telling me to do this. So we're going to do this, even though you're telling me to do something else. I mean, that's the kind of loyalty and stick to you want on your teammate. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean... It's it's John Boyega, too. He's so charismatic. Mm -hmm. You you believe everything he puts into the character. So got to shout out my boy Finn, even though he's A-list. It's kind of cheating, but make him third pick just to give him a shout out. I made Han Solo one of my third picks because it's Han Solo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Finn's a great character. Some people say underused and stuff, but hey, this is where I'm, I'm about to go on a little rant here. Let's do it. With my third pick. Because my third pick is also probably the A-lister in it, but <laughs> I wanted to. But a lot of people got soured with the last movie. But I want to defend, and I also want to kind of put the millennials on blast. As a Gen Xer, we've been doing that a lot lately, <laughs> and I, I'm offended. No, I'm I think I think it needs I think it needs to happen. I think some, and not you personally as a millennial, but some of these millennials need to learn from my generation's mistakes. Okay, so. My third pick is the main character, Ray, Ray Skywalker by the end. Ray Skywalker. Um, played so well by Daisy Ridley. And much like John Boyega, first of all, let's say the casting in the sequels is pitch perfect, spot on. Every single role that they, they picked, the casting is wonderful. Agree. And John Boyega just is Finn, and Daisy Ridley just is Ray, and she's so charming, and he's so charming, and Oscar Isaac is so... Everyone is just oh, it's perfect. It's, yes. It's pitch perfect perfect and from from the jump i just like this character of ray i mean a lot of it has to do with daisy ridley and her performance and everything that goes along with that but there's just something great about how this character is portrayed and then people start to turn on it because the movie's got a little wonky and there's been a lot of like this kind of it seems so much you millennials are treating these movies like the Gen Xers treated the prequels. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I'm getting salty about it is this. <laughs> it's very personal to me. My kids, who are Gen Zs, these are their Star Wars movies. These are the ones they grew up with. Mm-hmm. And they really like them. But because they're teenagers now and because they're on the internet, they're feeling like this kind of shame 
and this push from the millennials that your movies are kind of effed, man. Mm-hmm. Just like we did to them as Gen Xers did to the millennials when the prequels came out. And so they're starting to like turn on the movies that they love a little bit. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, no, I'm with But you. the thing is, is though, because history repeats itself and it repeats itself over and over again. And what's going to happen, though, and you know it, it's going to happen 10 years from now. The Gen Zs are going to be like hitting their 30s and stuff and being like, the sequels were the best. You know, they're so great. You know, there's going to be memes and there's going to be all kinds. It's just going to it's going to happen because yeah. history repeats itself. And the pendulum swings back. Absolutely. Yeah, and the pendulum swings back. But these movies are, are good movies. Are there missteps? Sure. A lot of it had to do with, I mean, so much of it had to do with poor Carrie Fisher passing away really, really messed them up. It really did. And a, a lot of people don't have any sympathy for that, and I don't know why not, because they literally had a plan. That third movie was going to be her movie. It was supposed to be first movie's Han-focused, second movie's Luke-focused, third movie's Leia-focused. What a great layout. And then she passes away, and they're like, what do we do? Not only is it a tragedy that, I mean, Carrie Fisher passed away, RIP. Yeah. She was one of the greatest, but... To have such a main character in your story just being a, no longer an element you can use, it's like, how do you fix yeah, that? Yeah, they and they and, and frankly, they couldn't, and they and it didn't. It, they, I think they did the best that they could with what they had. So, yeah, let's talk about Ray and why I like her, and I actually like the arc, and I actually like what they did, and I have little headcanon things to fix some of the stuff that wasn't portrayed properly on screen because, like, there's a very big thing here. The the biggest quote-unquote problem that happened here is that when Carrie Fisher died, they didn't know what to do. They didn't like what was being put out, so they went back to someone they trust. They went back to J.J. Abrams and gave it back to him. Mm-hmm. The problem with that was is J.J. kind of didn't like the the second movie, where the second movie took his first movie, and then he tried to kind of go back to his first movie. So, I mean, yeah, it's all... I under, as, a, as a creator myself, I kind of understand... That kind of thing. It's like even as on a real low level, Mikey and I are both graphic designers and illustrators and stuff. There are times when we work in like a design studio setting when we're working with other things where you'll take over something, you'll start something, someone will take it over, and then you'll get it back. And you'll spend a lot of time redoing what they did because you didn't like where they took it. Why'd you make these choices? Yes. I would have made this choice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, I can see why that would happen. And <laughs> unfortunately, it's happening on this big, grand, global scale where everyone sees it and a lot of people are invested in it. So let's give everybody a break there. But let me talk about Ray. So yes. we meet Ray, and she's like this She's like this kind of unknown Jakku scavenger. She lives on Jakku, which is a new planet they introduced where, like, the final huge battle was fought mm-hmm. um, after Endor, the, the, where the Empire was finally had its stake driven through its heart, and the remnants went off to the wild space and far away to create the First Order and all this kind of stuff. And this charming girl, and you're like, why does she have the the British accent? And that's weird because usually, you know, the rebels always have American accents, and bad guys have the British accents. Yeah, bad guys have the British accents. And what's funny is that pays off as we go through because this girl was left here. Why was she left here? What's going on? And I actually, and this is all spoiler stuff, but this movie's been out for so long. I like the turn that you got this girl. She's really powerful in the Force. Everyone's talking Mary Sue because she's got this natural stuff going on. But guess what? Anakin was the same way, millennials. You know, that little kid (laughs) that you love from your prequels was the same stupid way. The same way. Everything came too easy to him. 
It's the destined hero. I mean, yeah. it's a trope to be mad that one character gets it and not be mad that all other characters get it. It's, yeah. It's I mean, silly. they even address it with like the pod racing and Qui-Gon's like, you know, he's like, he's the only human who can pod race. Hmm. Well, that's <laughs> odd, you know? And it's that's the point. And the point is, is that, you know, they didn't do the midichlorians in this one, but if they did it, she'd have tons because we find out eventually that she's the child of a clone of the freaking emperor. Ooh, Palpatine. Right? So technically she's Ray Palpatine. Technically it's her grandfather, but technically it's not because her father was a clone because we find out, and this seems like the Mandalorian's pointing in that direction. Yeah, yeah. They're really going into this storyline. This is a, you're going to have to like it because this is where Star Wars is going (laughs) because it's in in the stuff you love. It's in the Filoni, Favreau, Mandalorian stuff you love. The whole part of the program was, is that, guess what? They like clones. You remember the Clone Wars? Like, that's how the Emperor took over the galaxy. He's a big fan of clones. He's a big fan of them. Yep. We're finding out now in the Bad Batch, they're talking about how, like, the cloning program is, why was the cloning program stopped? It wasn't the Emperor who showed up. It's Moff Tarkin who shows up, and he's Admiral at the time. And it's all about money, because they're trying to build the Death Stars. Money, power, and yes, efficiency. That's yeah. all it's about. It's it's turned into bureaucracy. Guess what? This is the stuff George Lucas loves. This <laughs> is why there was all those Senate scenes in the prequels. <laughs> right? I am the Senate. Yes. Yeah, he loves this stuff. So this is what you're getting into. So the dude loves clones, and he had this plan all along. He knew, because guess what? What's the whole point of the Sith? There can only be two, right? Only two? But he's also a guy who tries to play the system and work around everything. So how do you not make there not be only two? Make more than one of you. <laughs> it's perfect. Or if you make a clone of a Sith, does that count as, like, is that three or is it just extra two? Uh, right. See what I'm saying? <laughs> he's he's messing with the system. The sith system. The sith system. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You know, but hey, this is like, this is how he's cheating death. Maybe this is what he was talking to Anakin about the whole time, really. There you go. The cheating death thing. But anyway, the whole point is he was making clones of himself with the point of that his spirit could get shoved into one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's how you go on. That's how you cheat death. So we don't know this. uh, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. I'm not sure what the story is of how this one clone got loose and met a girl and ended up having a daughter. But he did. That's how it happened. But apparently they found him and they were after him. And that's why they dumped Ray on Jakku to protect her. So there you go. Anyway, the, I think that's a, it's, it's a cool backstory. It's the, the, that, that she's like the daughter of a clone of the Emperor. And then it comes through that because of that, she's got this weird, like, they introduced this dyad thing where there's yep. like... If there's someone super strong on the dark side, there's also someone super strong on the light side to oppose them. It's just how the force works. And so Kylo Ren, Ben Solo is the dark and she's the light. And then you get this cool, like this cool kind of modern Romeo and Juliet story slash. I don't know. It's it's classic. Mm -hmm. It's, It's perfect for Star Wars. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people didn't like the tension and all the stuff. But I love it. She's so earnest. She's such a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just feel like, just like with Finn, you just feel that 
this is a hero. And I just love even I, I love like the her interactions with Luke, Grumpy Luke. I don't have a problem with Grumpy <laughs> Luke, really, because Yoda did the same thing. And you all argue that all day. Yoda went and ex- exiled himself. And it's, it's the same thing. It's, he went and got old and grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. History repeats itself. It's just that you didn't notice it as much because he was a puppet and he was introduced to you as grumpy. So <laughs> No, he was. He was. Mine, 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 yes. mine, mine. Yes. So anyway, I just love Ray. I love how the whole one of my favorite scenes of Ray is is when Luke's doing the thing with the piece of grass. <laughs> I feel it. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me. It's one of those one of the great things out of there. And and then I I love that that fight she has with Kylo and she's she turns Kylo back to the good side. That's her whole deal with the help of weird ghost Han, but I don't yeah. think I think that's more in his head. And did she have something to do with that? I don't know. That would be kind of cool if we find out that that's something. But anyway, yeah, I actually really liked the whole thing where Kylo sacrifices himself so that she could live. And I like the Ben Solo character, too. I like both those characters. I like the way they play off each other. I like the way they have forced Skype because they have this weird connection oh, and stuff. The, yeah, those scenes are great. Yeah, that stuff's great. And he sacrificed himself. We get that cool... Pieta, Romeo and Juliet ending and mm-hmm. stuff there. And the biggest problem people have is with her taking the mantle Skywalker. But to me, it's almost one of those things where my headcanon is, is like if he had lived, they would have gone on and got together anyway. She would have been by marriage yeah, or oh, whatever. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. Yep. You know what I mean? So to me, almost that kiss that they had was almost like an I do. <laughs> no, seriously. That's my headcanon thing that I'm talking about. I'm with you. I buy it. You know, and... All that's missing from that to me is that I think that Ben should have said, you're the last Skywalker now, or he should have said something like that. Made the passing of the mantle like official? Yeah, official. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To to me, that's the only thing that's missing. I don't know why they didn't do it. It it could have been such a simple thing where she could have said like, no, you're the last Skywalker or something like that. Yeah. She could have said to him as he's like, like, you can't die, you're the last Skywalker type thing. And then he'd be like, no. Last guy, you know, and then no, you are something like that. That would have been way better than the random stranger walking by on Tatooine going, "Who are you?" Exactly. (laughs) It is. It's clunky, and I don't know why that why that choice was made. I don't agree with that choice, but hey, in my head canon, I want that line to be there. I'm with you. You know, you can't die, Ben. You're the last Skywalker, and he'll be like, "No, you are." Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, tears, right? And then you could still have her go and bury the thing and whatever. I mean, that just, it would add, it adds to the arc too. Cause like there's people that are like, oh, she's a Palpatine. So she should have stayed a Palpatine. It's like, you do you not know how the force and kyber crystals work? Like it senses people's true in- intuition. Like mm-hmm. the force isn't situated permanently. Like once the force goes bad, it stays bad. Mm-hmm. You get to like, yeah. you get to make your own destiny right. to some extent. And, uh, and her lightsaber is yellow. So she's a guardian, a sentinel of the force. Oh. It's great. That's great. Good stuff. Anyway, that's Ray. I talked too much. I talked more about what I want to talk about Star Wars, but I really like Ray. I really like the character arc. And I really don't think they need to. They've talked about, and there's rumors, did you see? In January, there was rumors that they were going to do this retcon series on Disney Plus where they're going to fix every, they're almost special editions uh, of the, yeah. of the okay. movies. Okay. I don't think they should do that. And I think they got stuff wrong because I guess what happened is that. There is actually a 10-minute scene rumored that J.J. shot with all three, Leia Han and Luke. Okay. 
when they did the, he did the first movie. Gotcha. And they wanted like incorporate incorporate it, but that's not redoing <laughs> the movies. That's just adding a deleted scene or something like that. If it's adding context, I get it. Yeah. Or like if you're extend if you do her story and like just extended do- a director's cut extended editions. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's fine. Yeah, but to try and like make the fans happy. Because no. they're grumpy about that. No, I think no. deal with it because I, I had to deal with the prequels. Exactly. So you have to deal with the sequels. <laughs> but hey, how can you not pick Ray? She In Star Wars tradition, they picked a relatively unknown that just somehow you know that's the hero. Oh, mm-hmm. Great pick. Oh, I don't know how we're going to top Ray. Those are our third picks. So. Well, I know, but we can't pick those ones. <laughs> we can't. So, so. We're, we're, the whole point is we're trying to pick more unsung heroes. Yes. Yeah, so now we're going a little bit more sub-tier, a little bit more underground. And who better to go underground with than my second pick, which is Maz Kanata, pirate queen herself. Ah, Yes, Maz. Maz. So, Maz Kanata, she is a pirate queen. She is the good guy version of Jabba the Hutt. She has her own castle. She is the pirate haven to all bounty hunters, people in need, people that have, like, broken down ships that need to hide out from the Empire. You can come to her castle, you can play games of chance, you can have a, a beverage or a libation, and if you have enough credits, if you have enough coin or favor, like, it's not even credits and coin, uh, she'll help you out. What's interesting, what I, like, doing my research about Maz, she's over a thousand years old. Even in Wikipedia, they don't know her species. It's just unknown. Uh, it's another one of the, it's another, she's another Yoda. Exactly. Oh, it's exactly Yoda. But she's a female unknown species alien that has old wrinkly skin, sort of orange skin, and those awesome little goggles that are like mechanic goggles. But also she's another Force-sensitive character, so do those goggles help accentuate her looking into your eyes and seeing your true nature because she is Force-sensitive? But she is instrumental in the sequel stories in that she's the one that has Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. She's the one that sort of pokes Rey into the direction of being like, I know you, you You don't know you're a Palpatine. I kind of know you're a Palpatine, but maybe you could be a Skywalker. Poke prod, poke prod. Uh-huh. She comes across Finn and says, oh, you're Force-sensitive too. You seem like a good guy. You look kind of like a Stormtrooper, a little short for a Stormtrooper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here you go. Here's the lightsaber. You know what's good, so I'm entrusting this to you. She is the purveyor of old ancient artifacts, like lightsabers, the sacred text, because... She is an ancient creature like Yoda, so she has that wisdom of like, yes, these are old artifacts and ancient artworks, but these old things could also influence the future because everything repeats itself, and it's Star Wars, and there's echoes, so it's the old wise sage that sort of knows the outcome before the outcome happens and mm-hmm. doesn't want to interfere with it, but doesn't mind poking it and prodding it mm-hmm. along, being like, ah, maybe it'll go this way, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But she has her own castle. She has her own bar. She's friends with bounty hunters and Jedi alike. Uh, it's it's great. Yeah, Maz Kanata. She's my second pick. Maz Kanata is such a great second pick. Here's a bit of trivia as well. I learned this in my research. So the reason, one of the reasons for the formation of the character of Maz was that J.J. Abrams and uh, designer Rick Carter, when they were working on the movie, they realized they had uh, the same teacher in high school. And it's apparently an award-winning high school instructor named Rose Gilbert. And so this whole character is based off the high school teacher that these creators had. <laughs> they shared together. And then they did the, the typical Star Wars thing. They didn't want to give spoilers away. So anytime they were working with the character Maz, they called her Rose in honor oh. of the high school teacher. So I'm oh. like, oh, that's wholesome. 
Oh. <laughs> they have a thousand-year-old high school teacher? Crazy. <laughs> who, who had lightsabers and old paintings? It was crazy. <laughs> and a bar where she... What a crazy school they went to. No. Yeah. But she's also second pick because I don't want to take her away from her castle. She's trying to stay off the grid, <laughs> so I'm going to let her stay off the grid. And while she may not be part of my team, I do like the idea that we can go to her castle and hide out when we need to mm-hmm. because... I, I'd imagine some of our adventures are going to go awry <laughs> and the hijinks will ensue and we'll need a place to lie low. So, Maz Kanata, yeah. Maz Kanata, good second pick. All right, my second pick is a pilot. A lot of this also is to do with the guy who plays him because it's great when you see someone in a role and you're like, oh, yeah, I like that person. <laughs> uh, my second pick is Temin Snap Wexley. Yes. Played by Greg Grunberg, the great Greg Grunberg. I don't know that name, but I'm pretty sure I know his face. Yes, he's one of those character actors. Yep. Snap Wexley is one of the pilots for the New Republic, the resistance portion of the New Republic. And it's really funny because the behind the scenes thing of Greg Grunberg is buddies with J.J. Abrams. So it was one of those things where he was like, heard J.J. got Star Wars and he's like, hey, dude, you got something for me? (laughs) And he's like, totally, dude. (laughs) We're friends, right? Can I be in your movie? Yeah, yeah, that's basically what it was. So Snap Wexley has a crazy backstory because he's featured in the Aftermath books uh, before the movies ever came out. He's one of the main okay. uh, characters in it. And he goes along with someone that you've mentioned before, is that he is the guy who built Mr. Bones. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, That the, is right. The battle droid, yes. Damon Wexley. I, yeah. did, I well, didn't know he had the nickname Snap. Yeah, okay. Snap. When he was like a teenager, he was a junk dealer, and he's the one who built Mr. Bones. He's an old battle droid who ends up being like a bounty hunter assassin type guy, Yep, basically. And Snap is one of those children of the rebellion. His mother was a, a, a rebel, and his father is kind of a rogue. And he's got, I encourage you to read the Aftermath books because he's one of the main characters in it. Mm-hmm. Don't want to go too spoilery in it, but it's real interesting how, and a lot of people had problems with this, but I kind of like the integration of all the books and shows and movies and everything. So there's a lot of characters that are very second tier or even just kind of cameos in the movies Mm -hmm. who have like massive backstories in books and comic books and cartoons and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's one of them, but it's really cool because he's one of those I think Poe Dameron's supposed to be that way, too. There's, like, these children of the rebellion, basically. They're kids of the people who were major players in the rebellion. I mean, that's what Ben Solo is, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they also have, like, these other ones. And you get, like, you know, oh, it's it's fun because they did these fun things where they were, like, looking at the... Uh, end of the Endor battle, they're looking at the movie and they're like, okay, see that background <laughs> character right there? Yep. That guy is this guy's dad, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, stuff like that. So I like how they do that. But Snap grew up as a junk dealer. The, he built Mr. Bones. He went on missions with his, his mother, doing all kinds of stuff for the rebellion and then the resistance and the New Republic. And he's a pilot in the defense fleet of the New Republic. And he's thrown lines here and there. He's a member of Black Squadron, a wingman to Poe, and then eventually he becomes one of the leaders in the final battle. And unfortunately, he's is one of... They loved killing characters in the new ones. <laughs> oh, you like this character? Guess what? We're Netflix. And, it's canceled. And I mean, technically, I think... I mean, they did that in the original ones too, but they never made you even like 
know the characters that much. True. I mean, because in the original one, I mean, Porkins buys it, Biggs buys it. And the, the thing is, Biggs had a much bigger backstory that was cut out. So as Biggs buys it and Luke is really disturbed and Mark Hamill acts very disturbed. And you, yeah. you, you were always kind of like, did he know him? You know, and he did. He had, there, there, was, there was all kinds of scenes cut out. But never explained, never no, told. it was never explained. You were never told. So guess what? That's a problem with the movie. You <laughs> the first one. Uh, <laughs> it, it is a fine line between we need some red shirts, but also like Star Wars world is so expansive that we can tell all these stories, but also right. some people need to bite it. <laughs> right, yeah. And I mean, yeah, there there were a lot of red shirts in the first movie. You got like, you know, Gold Leader. And you all these, yeah. there's so many of them by it. And you're just kind of like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> You know, and you realize they have a whole backstory yeah. and a family, and oh no, yeah. And for some reason, I guess just narratively, the way movies are done now, they do a better job of even in these tiny, small roles making you care about the characters more. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if the level of acting is better, I don't know if just the way stories are told are better, but he's barely in it, has a few lines here and there, and you are only really invested if you've read the books and stuff, true. But at the same time, it just seems to like hurt so much more when these characters die than it did back in the day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it is that kind of it'd be interesting to get into sometime. We'd have to think about it a lot more, but more that transition from red shirts to like, oh, that character was I don't know what the infusion was because we're talking about Star Trek, of course, the red shirts in Star Trek, which are the security officers. And it'd always be like. Kirk and Bones and Spock <laughs> and then some like Ensign Johnson, you know. Ensign number 42. Yeah, and they bring him down and you'd be like, and he'd be wearing a red shirt and you'd be like, oh, Ensign Johnson, I've never seen him before and you'll never see him again because the lizard man's going to like throw a rock at his head. Yeah. And and he's dead, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but even like if you think about the more modern stuff, like I know I'm going all over the place, but it's my podcast. Um <laughs> The more modern stuff, like like a Breaking Bad or things like that, they'll have these tiny little minor characters mm-hmm. who won't have any more screen time than Ensign Johnson will. But when they bite it, you're like, oh, man, I wanted to see more out of that guy. Just something different about storytelling nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's just evolution of storytelling because what's interesting with Tamon Wesley and Luke Skywalker, if you put them on paper side by side, they essentially have the same like origin story. Like it's a young kid that's part of like you know born on the fringes outside of the rebellion. They build a robot. They become pilots. It's just Luke happens to become a Jedi and has Darth Vader as a father. Tamon Wexley doesn't. You yeah. know, like that. That's really the deciding factor. But it's like, oh, these are like two similar people that just have branches in life, but they both get their own story. That 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 is just great storytelling, and it's interesting that obviously everybody knows Luke's story, but. Tam and Wesley's story is still there, even though it's in the books and the comics and not in the movies. It's like it's part of that world. It's crazy, but it's, he's pretty cool. He could have easily been a first big because he's not only just a pilot; he can build a, a droid out of parts. That's it, Anakin style, you know. <laughs> and and Mister Bones is one of the coolest droids ever in Star Wars lore. Absolutely. So he'd be great to have on a team. But there's someone else that I love too much more in Star Wars. That will be my number one pick. But I get to Mikey's number one pick first. 
Yeah, because I don't think there's too many flaws in the Wexley. So there's not there's not any flaws in him really, other than the f- fact that he bites it. But <laughs> we like bringing people back to life. It, it, that's the one rule we don't we do uh, throw out the window on this podcast. Even though a character's dead, we can still bring him back. We have necromancy powers in our <laughs> pop culture. Uh, but speaking of droids and building droids and repairing droids. If we're talking about minor characters, I think this character has maybe three minutes of screen time in the Ooh. entire in, in the in the entire sequel trilogy. Uh. But it's Babu Frick. Oh yes, Babu! <laughs> Babu Frick. It's oh, a great thing. There, there's not much out there about this character, and I'm picking it purely based on just he's tiny, he's <laughs> little, it's a puppet, he's got He's got a cute little welder's uh, goggles mask that he wears on top of his head. He's got three fingers. He looks like an alien version of an eye-eye or a a sugar glider. (laughs) But for having three minutes of screen time, this is one of the most memorable characters in Star Wars for me. And on my team, I do need a little bit of comic relief. I do need a little bit of goofiness. And what better than this tiny little, like, ah, yep. Droid is ready. Like I can't do the voice, but he speaks in this sort of. They call it Star Wars Basic. It's you know common when you call it in D and D language. But he's got like the uh, New Orleans sort of patois like accent to it. He only knows a couple words, and it seems like every other word is is his name. Like I don't know if he just likes saying his name a lot, or he talks about himself in third person. Yeah, he talks about himself in third person. He's exactly. like Terry Crews. From- exactly. Babu can fix, but no, Babu take a minute. But, but for having limited screen time that he has, uh, we already know he's a good guy. He's the one that is responsible for bringing C three PO back to life. He gives him the. He does give C three PO the creepy red eyes. You know, which is scary for a minute, but C-3PO <laughs> continues to live because of Babu Frick. He knows how to repair droids. He knows how to fix everything. So that's why I'm picking, that's the main reason I'm picking him for a teammate, because I know things are going to malfunction. I know circuits are going to break and power converters are going to be needed to be converted. <laughs> and Babu Frick seems like uh, the type of character that can get that done. Plus he can get into small spaces. Small space. He can crawl through the vents. He'll be able to do what he'll be able to do what they were trying to get Grogu to do. <laughs> Remember when he was trying to get Grogu to fix something on the ship? Touch in the, the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, that was such a great scene. And he ends up like shocking himself. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's that type of character. It's a little bit comic relief, but also super useful for being such a small stature. Here's some trivia though. This I this may maybe may only fascinate me, but I, I found out about it and I was like, what the crap? So Babu Frick was voiced and puppeteered by Shirley Henderson. What's neat about that is she learned how to puppeteer this thing purely because she wanted to, like, get the improv and voice and do it all herself. So she learned how to puppeteer solely for this role. Hmm. Shirley Henderson is also Moaning Myrtle from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's such a weird connection, but you're like, oh, I know that. I would have never associated that with Babu Frick. But there's the crossover between Harry Potter and Star Wars. I'm sure there's more, but that's one of them. And I was like, that's so weird. I didn't see that coming at all. That's great. So, Babu Frick, I, I want him to repair all my droids because I have R2 on my team. I want R2 to live forever. So, I got to have the backup. I'm sure R2 and Babu Frick will have plenty of stories to swap <laughs> and weird weird jokes to tell each other. He can, like, ride on R2. He could. Yeah. And just on the back and show yeah. up and go, ha ha. <laughs> When, he, when Babu Frick shows up at the, I think it's Rise of Skywalker, but Poe Dameron is talking to another uh, another spaceship flight captain, 
and they're flying along, and I forget the specific character, but he's like, who is that on your ship? And Babu Frick pops up and goes, oh, it's me. It's like, what are you doing in space? How did you get here? Well, it's 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 one of the, like I said, he has three minutes of screen time, but every time I see him, I'm like, what a great character. So had to shout out my love for Babu Frick. Great first pick. All right, my number one pick has been a number one pick before, and I'm not ashamed of it. And if you followed us for a long time, you're going to be like, you already picked that. And if you haven't, you need to go back and listen, because it was a great Build the Crew series we did before. Absolutely. This is also a character who has very little screen time, needs so much more, but I just was like, who is this amazing pilot? And I picked her as my pilot for our spaceship crew. Yep. It is Taliesin Tally Lintra. From, well, she's in all the movies until she gets blown up. Uh, <laughs> I think she's in the first two. Played by Hermione Corfield, which I love the fact that there's a real live Hermione walking around who isn't a character from Harry Potter. I know I mentioned that before, but it's awesome to me that there's actually a Hermione running around. And she's old enough to not be named after Harry Potter. She was a Hermione before Hermione. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to double check that, Maybe but I'm thinking. Not. I'm thinking she was Hermione She's before Hermione. She's pretty young. Anyway, Tally Lintra is one of the things I love about Tally Lintra, and I kind of thought of it this way, is that she's not Force-sensitive as far as we know, and she's basically a female version of Wedge, who was my first ever pick. Yes. Except that she's not the ultimate survivor, unless, <laughs> unless they can retcon a way to figure out for her to live from what happened to her. And there is a way to do it, because in doing my research... I actually found somewhere, I, I, I didn't even write down the website because it was just, I had so many tabs open doing research for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found like this, some Star Wars fan message board somewhere. And there's just, just this Tally Lintra love thread, basically, where <laughs> everyone is like just talking. And it started, it started back like when the movie came out. Okay. And it goes through, and yeah, and you're reading through, and you and you see people lamenting her dying and stuff, and and then coming with theories on how she could not have died in that. That's awesome. Seriously, yeah. So I'm not the only one that was taken. I mean, Hermione Corfield, yes, she's a beautiful actress, and the, she has that star power where something just grabs you off the screen. But mm-hmm. I mean. She's all suited up. You don't really, you know, it's not like she's <laughs> showing the goods or whatever you want to say. It's not a glamour shot in the spotlight. No, exactly. Yeah. But there's just something about the way she delivers her lines. She has that great line where she's like, bombers, keep that tight formation. Fighters, protect the bombers. It's not every day we get a shot at a dreadnought, so let's make this count. Oh, she knows the deal. Yeah, she knows the deal. She flies an A-wing. She's a leader of her uh, A-wing squadron. She has this small little backstory. There's not much n- known about her, but she I don't know if it's because she's British. I think I mentioned this before, but she grew up on a planet called Pip-Pip-3. <laughs> seems so... Pip-Pip. That's essentially London turned into a planet, right? <laughs> and her whole backstory is, is that her father... The, it was a farm that she grew up on, and her father bought an old A-wing to use as a crop duster. And... <laughs> That seems kind of yeah. it seems kind of overusage for a crop duster. Be right. like, what are we going to do with this a wing? Oh, we'll make crops. We'll, we'll fertilize crops yeah. with it. It's like, <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, uh, Stranger Things have been. It is kind of like using a P fifty one Mustang from War Two as a crop duster See? instead of a five lane. But I, I get it. Whatever. Maybe it's maybe it's a giant farm and they need to cover a lot of ground. I have no idea. True. Anyway, she grew up flying one of the earlier a wings. 
So she's very super familiar with an A-Wing. So when she joined the uh, New Republic, she was able to just like, hey, I know how to fly an A-Wing. Here's an A-Wing. And even though she was young, she rose to leadership really quickly because she's a great pilot. And also, too, she's a born leader. There's actually a, and I need to find it, there's a number 26 issue of Star Wars Adventures has a whole like adventure of her in it where I guess she's uh, dealing with, it's called Tales from Wild Space. She's dealing with pirates out in wild space. Awesome. Under the banner of the New Republic. So there is backstory stuff in there. And I really think that they need to do more with her because she's young enough that she's going to, I mean, Hermione Corfield, the actress, she's young enough that she's going to look like her for enough time that you could do something with her. I I don't see why you wouldn't. We're doing all this TV stuff. Do something, you know, with some of the... Because the deal is, is a lot of the Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, they've kind of put a line through, you know, their Star Wars stuff for now. I, they're yeah, like, I they're like done with it. But these other characters, these other actors and stuff, I don't see why, like... Because they're like, hey, Cassian Andor, let's do a Cassian Andor thing, you know? And it's like, he's, yep. he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> you know, because this character just... There's so much more to be told. Exactly. So this is the character to me. It's like, man... There's so much more to be told. There's so much cool stuff you can do with it. And there's that whole time before the sequels where there's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's in books and stuff, and it's in these comic books, but it would be cool to see. Uh, is there a possibility she could show up in Rogue Squadron? Like, is it? I don't think those timelines would overlap. Yeah, I don't know when Rogue Squadron is supposed to be set. So, yeah, that's that is the the hanging factor. But yeah. I mean, being a pilot, so yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's it's possible. And what's funny is when I was on that message board, there's a GIF that like so many people put into <laughs> their their signature, uh-huh. where she does this like this like pilot salute thing and then this like little smirky thing yep and someone and someone was like oh that smirk reminds me of someone else and they put a picture of one of my earlier picks kit fisto there you oh yeah yeah doing a a smirk and i was like man she just has she just totally in that her small little scenes she just has that totally top gun vibe you just totally get like yes she gets the job done she can fly through anything she can get anything done because she doesn't get shot down she gets blowed up by Kylo Ren when she's inside the hangar bay. She didn't even have time to take off yet. That's true. So let me tell you the fan theory. So this is what happens. This, Lay it on me. The, this is when Kylo Ren shoots the stuff in and like Leia goes flying out. All the bad stuff happens. <laughs> and so she's in the hangar bay, and you see her in her cockpit, and she has the oh, crap face, and then the explosion goes off, and then supposedly done. But the fan theory is, is that that oh crap face and she's like oh crap jams on her deflector shields yes right so it goes off but she's not blown up but the the ship gets kind of like thrown out into space Mm -hmm. darth vader after death star style like just spinning there you go like disabled they did it princess leia yeah yeah she doesn't have controls or anything so she's just kind of in that space junk maybe like part of her ship is blown to pieces but the main cockpit part maybe is still intact I'm with so you. she's just like out there, you know, and then everything goes to crap in that battle. So maybe she's just like unconscious floating in the stuff. And then we can, I mean, they brought Boba Fett back. Come on. <laughs> he went through a whole Sarlacc yes. pit. They brought Darth Maul back. He doesn't have, a, right. he doesn't have legs anymore. I mean, right. there's no rules. Yes. 
So I think she's, I agree with these people on the message board. She's fine. She got like captured by space pirates. That's why she misses the final battle or something. Yeah, there you, you know, go. There's a whole thing that can go on. Who knows? She ends up becoming some pirate queen or something. <laughs> Working with Maz Kanata. Yeah. So Tally, I picked her as my first. We have a, one, one of our totems for the podcast. We have a Tally Lintra tops card. It is. It's in sealed and contained. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. The character always took, I was like, who is that cool? And I've always been an A-Wing fan. I've always liked A-Wings. One your earlier pick was the, the A-Wing pilot. Arnid Krannid, yeah. yeah. And I was always taken by that guy, too, even though he just, like, flies out of control and crashes into a thing. But they made an awesome backstory for him, too, so. there And this applies to you picking uh, Wedge as well. There's something about, like, just having the basic human that's interacting with these aliens and these Jedis and for all intents and purposes, like gods and superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the Star Wars versions of it, but to like also have the stories of the humans that are like, I can compete with this. I can hold my own. Yeah, you know what? It's like it's like Coulson from Marvel's Agent Coulson from Marvel. He's Absolutely. just a regular guy and he's like, dude, that's why they made a whole show around the guy. <laughs> He collects. He collects. Uh, uh, he collects the cars just like the rest of us. Yeah. But he's also his day to day involves like superhumans and aliens. Like how do you, how do you not go crazy dealing with that stuff? Yeah. So I have lots of pilots, but hey, I'll, I'll have to pick a ship that needs lots of pilots. Or pick a. Uh, we can maybe pick a fleet. You can just uh, you, you pick one type of ship, but you get like six of them. I don't uh, know. Maybe you can start your own squadron. Yeah, I'll start a squadron. <laughs> I think that's actually possible with who I got. There you, hey, you have <laughs> enough pilots. We can justify it. I'm going to have to pick something that's two-seaters. Yes, but this is the this, the, those are our first picks, and okay. this is the last spot on our teams. Yes. So who's on your team now that we're all finished out? Yeah, we are all finished out. So for my print Star Wars print all-star, I picked the version of Wedge Antilles from the old non-canon, the old legend X-Wing books. Yep. Uh, from video games, I picked Shriv, the pilot, buddy, the funny sidekick alien guy. <laughs> from TV, I had to pick Bill Burr as Miggs Mayfeld. Yes. Uh, and for the prequels, I picked my favorite Jedi, Kit Fisto. Smirk and all. <laughs> for uh, the original trilogy, I picked the then-at-the-time sidekick background character Boba Fett. Yep. For the Star Wars stories, I picked the great K2SO, the droid on my team. And, of course, I just picked Tally Lintra for my uh, sequel series. A lot of badasses and pilots in that team. Yeah, I got lots of pilots. I look forward. Maybe maybe we'll do the squadron. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. But uh, for my team, from books and comic books, I put Quinlan Voss, the old Jedi, who doesn't get the same recognition as other Jedi, so I had to call him out. From video games, like Kevin was saying, I picked he, leader of the Green Squadron, Arvel Krynid. Uh, from TV, I picked Quill, the coolest character in The Mandalorian. Fight me, it's fine. <gasps> from the prequels, I picked Saboba with his weird feet for hands and hands for feet. From the original trilogy, I did cheat a little bit and pick R2-D2 because uh, he's, the cool, he's, he's the best character in Star Wars. From the stories, I picked Chirrut Imwe, the blind warrior monk, and just now, from the sequels, Babu Frick, my little alien creature buddy pal that's going <laughs> to make everybody cheer up by going, ha-ha! <laughs> Man, this is going to be a fun, crazy Photoshop. Oh, I'm so excited for it. That we're going to pull together for this. So those are our picks, so that means our pizza's here. Yes. And we're having a sequel pizza, which means we just ate a pizza, and now we're eating another one. 
It seems like the same toppings we had last time, but they're they have new faces. <laughs> uh, of course, our pizza being here means it's the end of the podcast, and it's the end of the podcast. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to uh, share this. As I said, man, our numbers have been looking great, so thank you. But again, like I said before. Hey, man, hit us up on social media. Send us Gmails. Let us know who you are. We know you're out there because we see you listening. But interact with us, man. Send us your hot takes. We assume positions. Give us a position yeah. to assume. Yeah. So uh, mostly on Instagram. Twitter's kind of a cesspool, but we're on there. <laughs> Facebook, also problems, but we're on there. But Instagram's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pictures. That's it. We like pictures. We put crazy photoshops and some memes up there. We have a good time. So thank you guys so much. Please continue to like and share. The stuff's opening back up. I think maybe later this year we might 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 be showing up at a convention or two or three. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. It's in the works. Some uh, some irons in the fire, hopefully. But please stay safe out there. Go get go get the vaccine. We Mike and I have both had it. We're, we have, we have great reception on our phones now. I have Bucky Winter Soldier arm. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we want to thank uh, that guy, Brad, for uh, doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, Jazzar for our music, and we hope you guys have a great week. Go watch the sequels. They're good. They're fun. Pull out the popcorn. Crazy stuff happens in it. Babu Freak. Ho, ho. Ho, ho. Hee, hee. It's the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. Just don't poke him. I'm sure he'll weld you. <laughs> if I can say butthole eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>